Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 185. Hey, my riches, so great to be here with you. I'm Hayut, and today's guest talks a lot about customers as a major part of his success. The issue that you say you struggle with most is getting more customers. So I want to invite you to a free live training where I'll share seven practical ways to get more customers and three principles you must keep. On Wednesday, October 21st at 2 p.m. East, go to get more customers registration in one word dot com get more customers registration dot com and grab your spot right now you will also find this link in the show notes of this interview i really look forward to meeting you there now let's meet my guest today ross kimbrovsky Ross founded and is the CEO of Crowdspring, where since 2008, 220,000 of experienced freelancers help small businesses, entrepreneurs, agencies, and non-profits with high-quality custom logo design, web design, graphic design, product design, and company naming services. Crowdspring has worked with the world's best brands many of the world's best agencies, and tens of thousands of entrepreneurs and startups. Before founding Crowdspring, Ross practiced law for 13 years as a successful trial attorney. There's a rumor that Ross left his law practice in 2007 to found Crowdspring so that he could wear shorts to work. That rumor is true. Ross Kimbrovsky, what a great pleasure to have you here with me. Hi. Hello, Hayud. Happy to be here with you and uh, your listeners. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you, what are you most passionate about today? And where are you heading? So today, CrowdSpring is, is focusing really hard on the customer. It actually, I, I've been uh, running this business since I found it for the past 12 years. And wow. uh, it, it didn't really, um, I didn't grok, I didn't understand fully the need to focus on product and make it an overall great experience for customers until about four to five years into the business. As much Ooh. as we all read a lot about how important it is to focus on customers and how products need to be well built and, and the full experience is important, it takes some time operating a business until you really understand why it's important. Um, and so the reason companies like Apple have done so phenomenally well outside of design is because 
they understood it some time ago, and, and we've, we've grown to understand it more and more. So today we're focusing really hard on the customer experience throughout every touch point with our product, from the time we meet the customer to the time we, we finish with them. And, and that includes focusing really hard on improving every aspect of, of our online marketplace. Uh, for creative services, it me- makes sure that we have very high quality uh, designers and, and namers in our marketplace, uh, making sure that our product is is easy to use and, and speaks uh, because we have customers from 100 countries. So we have to be able to speak from a lot of different cultures and uh, people whose native language isn't necessarily English. That's been a really big focus. It's something that I've grown more and more passionate about as I've understood why it's important. Hmm. And uh, can you tell us a bit about the product? Sure. Crowdspring is a global marketplace for services. We, we have, uh, over the past 12 years, over 220,000 designers and namers helping entrepreneurs, wow. businesses, agencies, and nonprofits with uh, logo design, graphic design, web design, packaging design, even product design and business names for every stage of their growing business. And the idea was uh, really people didn't have to pay thousands or tens of thousands of dollars for high quality design. Our pricing starts at $299 for custom logo design. And this was the big differentiator. Unlike traditional marketplaces where you would uh, pick from bids and proposals, on CrowdSpring, Mm -hmm. you post your requirements and you pick from actual designs to your specifications. So in a logo project, a hundred logo designs for your business and you pick the one you love. The designer gets paid, you get the intellectual property to that design. It's a unique way for businesses, agencies, nonprofits to buy design services, which is I think why we've attracted this global community of clients. So actually you are making something in between Fiverr on one hand and the traditional designer on the other? So probably in between uh, an agency, which is would be on the high end, and, and a single designer. Fiverr is in a different um, category altogether. Fiverr, in certain categories, is phenomenally great. I, I've been a customer of Fiverr for, for things like short-form video introductions, for example. But for certain kinds of design, um, it just doesn't meet the needs of business. And I'll give you a good example. Please do. Yes, you, you can get a logo on Fiverr for, for, for $10, $20. But it's not a custom design. It's no. a clip art or stock art or a template-based logo. And that presents several problems. First of all, you cannot trademark it. Second of all, it's going to look like thousands of other logos in the marketplace, which means you can't stand out. CrowdSpring is all custom design work. So it takes the custom design work that agencies may ultimately create for you when they build a brand identity, for example. But instead of paying $10,000 or $25,000 for that work, you're paying $300 or $400. Working with talented designers all over the world, in Israel, in in America, in Malaysia, um, almost every single country in the world. And so it creates an opportunity for a business to stand out for an affordable price in a way that allows them to compete. Because one lesson we've learned, and I think I've learned this as a business owner, and this is something I share with, you know, I talk to thousands of business owners every year, but it's something I share that most business owners underinvest in design. Definitely. Uh, and they ultimately try to shortcut and spend very little money. But here's the thing that you know happens. You know this because it happens to every business. When you underinvest in design, it ends up costing you a lot more sure. in the mid to long term 
than if you made the right investments in the first place. That's right. And a lot of times it will hurt you in the first place. Perhaps you won't get even to the next stage if you won't do it right. Absolutely right. It's, very, it. it's very difficult to stand out of the crowd today. And if you won't do the right things, you don't have to invest $10,000 exactly like you said, but you do need to do the things that should be done. Exactly. And that's why we created CrowdSpring 12 years ago, because businesses did not have an opportunity to get high-quality designs, but for an affordable budget. Big companies did. Big agencies did. They could spend tens of thousands. But a normal business with one to 10 employees could not spend tens of thousands of dollars on good design. And we wanted to change that, and, and hopefully we're helping to change that. And what enables you to really... Um given affordable offers. So, so part of it is driven by the fact that traditionally agencies had a very complex organizational structure, account managers and, and designers on staff and people who created strategy. These were highly expensive people, all of whom needed to be paid whether you had uh, enough business from clients or not. You also had all sorts of other layers of management and processes and such. And when we looked at this, we took apart the process and said, some of this really isn't necessary. It may be necessary if you represent a really big brand as an agency. But if you're working with a small business, they don't need account managers and strategists and other people. They need execution more than anything. They may need a little bit of strategy, but they can't pay you $20,000 for a little bit of strategy. Sure. So we try to deconstruct the pieces and reassemble it back into a product that allows businesses to hire designers. And so um, the, other, the other insight we had was that people who buy based on portfolios and based on people's education, which is what would be done in a traditional marketplace, if you hire a freelancer, you would normally look at their resume, look at their portfolio, see what they went to school, because you're paying them money anticipating they're going to create good work for you in a few weeks or in a few months, but you really don't know. None of that was relevant in our model because we realized that it really didn't matter where you went to school. It really didn't matter whether you were a professional designer. It didn't matter where you live. What mattered is, were you talented and good at your skill? <laughs> That's the only thing right. that matters on CrowdSpring because you compete right. based on your actual work not pricing. And so the client sets the price, designers submit actual designs, and the client picks their favorites. So whether somebody lives in um, Africa, in China, in, in the United States, in Canada, or in Finland, doesn't matter. If the work is great, doesn't if matter. the client loves it, they pick it. Great. You're an entrepreneur for 12 years already. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that's listening to us right now regarding approaching your customers and building the business and actually business success? So the thing I've done from the very beginning that, that I did just intuitively, but has turned out to be probably the best thing I have done, which is stay connected with customer support. Your customer support team is on the front lines some companies have sales teams, some don't. But almost every company that exists today that works with either consumers or other businesses must support those customers, those clients. And ultimately, you will sometimes have dedicated teams who support your clients, and sometimes you'll outsource it. The one thing that I did from the very beginning is, first of all, I, 
I was the customer support for the first six months of our business, answering every single question, doing every single customer call. I did that for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to understand the pain our customers were feeling working with our product. And I felt that I could not understand unless I felt that pain with them. Number two, uh, and I do this every time I can, before hiring people for a position, I want to do the job myself first. I think it's really important. There are things, obviously, I may not be able to do. I'm not an engineer, so I couldn't code our first site. <laughs> but wherever I can, whether it's marketing or customer support, I try to do the job myself first. So I've continued to do that. I'll continue periodically throughout the week, answer customer tickets, get on the phone with customers, do customer chats. And throughout the year, periodically, I'll give the entire customer support team a day off and I'll do support, full support, phones, chat, <laughs> and our ticketing system, uh, we use Zendesk. Again, for the exact same reason, I want to feel the customer's pain. I want to understand what they're going through and how I can best help them. I get weekly reports from my team, so it doesn't substitute that. But this is the thing that I've done that I think helps me best understand how customers feel, what we're doing well, what we're doing poorly, and areas we can improve. I love that. I love that. I really think I started myself from service, being a customer service manager, and then I was in marketing. So I really believe it helped me a lot. And uh, I'm sure this is what allowed you to succeed today. It's something that, that we've been really happy doing, and, and uh, I encourage everybody on the team, you know, people that are, that are leading groups to, to do the same thing, to periodically do the jobs that the people that report to them do so they could understand some of the challenges. Hmm. I want to ask you to share with us, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? I know you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute, but can you share with us the one failure that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Absolutely. So listen, if, you're, if you run a business for any amount of time, you're going to make many mistakes. Um, Definitely. It, it's just, this is just natural. And we've been in business for 12 years. We've made our share of mistakes. The biggest one, <laughs> I would say, and probably the most interesting one that was eye-opening to us, we launched our business not anticipating how quickly we would grow. And when we launched in 2008, the growth was much faster than we anticipated. And that put a lot of pressure because we didn't build a marketplace. We didn't code the software to support such fast growth. And so part of our team, well, actually most of our team was focused on rebuilding what we build uh, pretty shortly after we launched it. And, and the old site, the site that we were actually operating publicly was doing really poorly. We had, a, we had a lot of problems. And I remember I actually was in Hamburg, Germany, uh, for a, to speak at a conference. And um, our site crashed completely. I mean, it was, it was just wow. down. And, and we were extremely frustrated. And we were actually down for three days during this very complex migration period, moving from the old site to the new site. We thought it would take two to three hours. It ended up ultimately taking three days. And I remember wow. in Hamburg, uh, seeing that this happened and, and realizing this is going to take multiple days. And I was really frustrated because I, I, I thought we, we failed for our customers, which at the time were clients from probably 40 countries and, and designers, probably 50,000 designers at the time from, from a variety of countries. And here's the thing that surprised me. We, we were very transparent with them about the failure, why things failed, what we were doing to fix it, and how important it was. 
And there was this outpouring of support and love from our customers the next day that I was sitting in Hamburg before the conference, literally crying because I had Mm. felt like we failed miserably. We didn't do a good job. And, you know, people understood they were human. They they empathized with us and, and really told us, hey, we believe in you. Uh, we we will get through it together, and and so we ended up launching the new site and and doing phenomenally well with it. But but that was the biggest failure because it's hard to plan major transitions, particularly if you run a small business. Uh, and in that case, you know we planned, did our best, and and we were just flatly wrong. Uh, what we learned was when you fail, be transparent about it, explain what caused the failure, learn from it, and never let it happen again. I love this example so much because. I think the only thing that really wins today is being transparent and being really your authentic voice. This is the only thing that really helps you stand out of every other uh, competition. So I love this example. And now I would like you to share with us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or Something you did right about approaching your customers. Sure. Uh, I'll give you a good example. Uh, about a year after this failure uh, that I talked yeah. about, we had um, we focused our business. We created our business targeting small businesses, one to 10 employees. But shortly after launch, we started working with Fortune 500 companies, with businesses oh. around the world, with agencies, with nonprofits. And so, but ultimately, they weren't a big focus for us. Um, in 2010, we had this interesting opportunity. We saw that LG, uh, you know, the major Korean company, was was sure. periodically having a design competition for a mobile phone. At the time, they were looking to design their next mobile phone, and their goal to have this competition and involve people around the world was great. But the execution wasn't great because they were spending a lot of money building these mini sites to try to get interest and uh, but not offering people who participated anything. And so on a whim, even though companies like LG were not our customers, we reached out to them and said, hey, we're going to be in California. They had an office in, in San Diego. Could we meet and um, talk about ways that we might be able to collaborate? And And they said, sure. And so we met with them. And for the next two years, we ended up uh, doing a major design of the next mobile phone competition that attracted thousands of industrial designers and and enabled us. So this this connection enabled us to launch an industrial design category on CrowdSpring, where our industrial designers design products for companies, for electronics, for for every kind of uh, product imaginable. That was a big success because what we realized is we should be opportunistic in time. So serendipity is very difficult to predict, obviously. That's the nature of the word. Hmm. But when we see something happening, and in that example, we saw this competition and and we thought there was a way to do it better. We take a few minutes and reach out and and connect with these brands. And we've had that happen many times over the years. So two years, we ran this competition and we built an industrial design practice. Our community received tens of thousands of dollars in awards. Some people were hired by LG for six-figure jobs to do industrial design for them. So it was a win-win-win all around. And we feel really good that, that we, we notice that opportunity and, and work hard to secure it. What a beautiful story. What a beautiful success. I love that. And can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales. However, 
I'm not looking for the last Chinese tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really helps you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well. I'll give you one that, that I'm pretty certain you haven't heard before and probably won't hear for most people. It's a, it's a little tool I use on a Mac called Paste, P-A-S-T-E. And uh, we've looked and there, there, that particular product isn't available for the PC, but there are similar products. And here's what it is. It's a product that allows you to quickly categorize and quickly share snippets of text or graphics or whatever it is that you want. And here's how it connects to customer success. So because I also periodically get involved in answering customer support tickets in yeah. live chat, in conversations, um, this lets me actually answer very quickly, uh, very succinctly and accurately whenever I'm talking with a customer. So if I'm in a live chat, the customer is has an expectation that you can get information to them quickly, but not every like live chat is identical. And so the ability for me to get snippets of answers together and then share them within a couple of seconds without having to look up the answers every time, without having to go to the pages and find these answers is absolutely incredible. It lets me impress the customer with a quick, thorough answer. It lets me give them the correct answer without telling the customer I'll have to get back to them later. And it speeds up probably five times the speed with which I can tackle customer support tickets. So I've been doing this for many years. And I've used lots of great tools to do big things, but but from the perspective of being able to really quickly get through customer requests, this, this tool called Pace is absolutely invaluable to me. And how people can find it? Where is it? Let me get you the link. That's fantastic. We'll put it in the show notes of this interview. Happy to do that. Yep. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is a major factor that affects, that helps them succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Stubbornness. <laughs> so here's the thing that I, I think a lot of people may read about entrepreneurship, but don't understand until they start and run businesses. Before I started CrowdSpring, I was an attorney. So for 13 years, I, I was a trial attorney focusing on intellectual property. And as an attorney, I worked really hard. 12 of 13 years, I was by far the highest biller at my firm. And I thought I was prepared for how difficult being an entrepreneur would be. And I was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, being an entrepreneur was, was much more difficult than, than I expected, even though I came from an industry that, that works hard. And so there are many, many, many points of failure as an entrepreneur. Um, I think Reed Hoffman had, had previously said it's like jumping off a cliff and trying to build the airplane on the way down. Um, so you make a lot of mistakes. You have a lot of challenges. And the best entrepreneurs typically get lucky, but also persevere. You know, it's, it's this notion that you can quit at any time because there's a lot of pain running and growing a business. Uh, but if you quit, obviously you failed. Uh, if you can persevere, mm -hmm. if you can, if you can through your stubbornness, and it has to be constructive. In other words, you could be stubborn and and run your business into the ground over 20 years as opposed to over 10 years. But there are painful points where where you have to overcome these challenges. And and I think for me, it's been that ability to persevere, to take the pain, to be stubborn, and and not give up, but come out and fight again the next day. That has helped me get over some very very difficult times over the course of 
you know, we've been in business for 12 years and, you know, some, some of the times have been phenomenal and some have been very, very challenging. Hmm. I love that. My last question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, is my mountain question. And as our listeners already know, I've been always imagining the journey of marketing and then the journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain, step after step after step. And at some stage, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? So first of all, I love mountains. It's, it's uh, the mountain areas of the United States are some of my favorite areas. And I also love the ocean. So in, in years when I can do it, half my vacation is on the ocean and half is in the mountains. <laughs> but if I, if I had to choose, uh, it would be mountains. And part of the reason I love mountains is, first of all, they're majestic and, and, and beautiful. But part of the reason I love them is because they're complex, uh, different weather patterns, they're challenging. I haven't climbed mountains formally as a climber, but I've certainly tackled you know, some reasonably climbable where you can walk mm. up a mountain. It's not really a traditional climb. And sure. the reason I find them challenging is because the ones that I have done that get increasingly more complex teach you that it's important to, as you said, take it one step at a time. And this is something... This is a lesson that I brought into my personal life and into running a business. Sometimes, both in our lives and, and in the businesses that we run, we are absolutely overwhelmed by the things we need to do to the point where we're paralyzed. We just can't make a decision because there are too many decisions to make and too many things to do. And, and the way I think about it, and it's a good analogy to, to climbing mountains, is you can't get to the top by jumping there. Hmm. Um, you can get to the top by taking one step. And if you took a step, you're closer to the top. And if you take a second step, you're that much closer. And so in personal life and, and in running my business, when I'm presented with this dilemma, overwhelming choices, too many problems, I, I literally focus on the first thing. I don't obsess about the others. I don't let stress get to me. I focus on the next step. That's the step that I need to solve. And when I've solved that, I focus on the one after that. And I think that's really important for us, both in managing how we are and the balance we create in our personal lives, but critically important as an entrepreneur when we have so many decisions to deal with and can easily become distracted or enter decision paralysis. One step at a time, just like you would climb a mountain. Hmm, wow, beautiful. Ross, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? You can find me on LinkedIn at... Uh, Ross Kimbarovsky, R-O-S-S-K-I-M-B-A-R-O-V-S-K-Y. Uh, same on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter if you want to touch base. Crowdspring is at Crowdspring, uh, C-R-O-W-D-S-P-R-I-N-G.com. We also are at Crowdspring on Twitter, and we have a phenomenal small business marketing blog at Crowdspring.com slash blog where we go in-depth on a lot of these topics, marketing psychology, how to start businesses, how to run them. You know, our typical articles are 5,000 to 20,000 words. So these are not, you know, snippy 500-word articles. We spend a lot of time and effort sharing some of what we've learned in our business. Great. And we will have all these links in the show notes of this interview. Ross, I would like to thank you so much. It has been a fresh, interesting, very enjoyable 
a conversation. I really enjoyed that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Hayuda. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and, uh, and your listeners. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Goodbye. And bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.